Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision, and the Change Book series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your hosts and personal coaches that'll show you how to bankroll your mind. Lawrence Pipkin and Rich Perry. Join Lawrence and Rich weekly as they interview the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Rich Perry here, and you're tuned into the Change Book Radio Show, and I'm joined, as always, by everybody's favorite Texan, the man with the 10-gallon hat, Lawrence Pipkin. Lawrence, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Rich. I'm doing good. Yeah, I, we, we just lost you. What happened? You, uh, I have you no idea. Man, I'll tell you what. Lawrence... I don't know. But don't even say it. Don't even say it. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say it because you love jinxing it, and we don't want to jinx it today because we've got a power-packed radio show with an amazing guest, and we don't – Lawrence, just think happy thoughts, buddy. Think happy thoughts today. You're there. You're there. I got it. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into the Change Book Radio Show. We have a great guest today, and I'm going to introduce her – in just a moment. But first, let me read a little bit about who we'll be talking to today. Today, we'll be speaking with Amina Hadayat Khalil, and her chapter is How Your Thought Patterns Influence Your Marriage and How to Prevent Divorce Before Problems Appear. And you can find her chapter in book seven of the Change Book series. A little bit about Amina. She's a keynote speaker trainer, facilitator, published author of many different articles, and is an author of the forthcoming book, Interpersonal Skills for Success. She has more than 37 years experience working with women and men from different cultures to overcome relationship differences and harmonize school and work environments. Amina has given lectures, trainings, and workshops with organizations and universities on both a national and international levels. And we are so happy to have Amina here, and we're bringing her in right now. Amina, how are you doing today on this beautiful Wednesday? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, Rich. It's wonderful to be on the show with you and with Lawrence. And I love the intro. It was so invigorating and exciting. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, yes. <laughs> Amina, you're calling in from Michigan today, right? That's where that's where you currently live? That is correct, yes, in East Lansing, Michigan, Spartans country. Awesome. And real quick, I know I talked a little bit about, you know, I gave that brief three-sentence introduction. Why don't you go ahead and just take a moment to explain a little bit more about who you are and what you offer. And then we're going to dive into your chapter because it's a very interesting chapter. But I think I, I think I want the listeners to learn a little bit more about you for just a moment. Can you do that for us? Sure, of course. And when I meant the intro, I meant the intro of the program about Jim Lutz and Jim <laughs> Britton. It was just <laughs> wonderful. Um, well, I'm, I'm originally from Egypt, Pharaoh's country. <laughs> I love to designate countries here. Right. Um, so, and I came to the United States back in 1975. I started my education at um, University of Illinois and then transferred over to Michigan State University. I graduated with a business degree. And, you know, like I've been working, I did not work with my business degree to a certain extent, but I've been uh, working mainly in the community, helping, uh, organizing, um, Anyone who has an issue or a problem used to come to me with it, and we solve it together. So I've been involved in a lot of matters within the community and even overseas. Um, and this way, uh, that's how I developed my experience. And then I said, okay, wow, you know, like if this can be, I take it to the next level as a profession. And I did that. I got all kinds of certifications, um, Dale Carnegie, 
uh, IPEC, Institute of Professional Excellence Coaching, uh, Robin Madana's training, all kinds of different trainings that I went through so that I can take it to the next level and be able to help people more. And then I decided to focus on engaged couples and newlyweds because that's where it all starts. You know, when, when two people come together to build a family and then, you know, like how they shape their lives, how they shape their children's life, it all comes from this point when two decide to get married. Excellent. Um, and I'm, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to ask what interested you in this area and you're absolutely correct. You know, I love the work mm-hmm. that you're doing because I think, well, we're going to talk about it in a minute when you, uh, when you shared the statistics in your chapter. Mm-hmm. So was yes. it something like that, that prompted you to get involved in this area of work in helping people with their relationships and especially newly engaged couples or and newly uh, married well, couples? It was- Yes, yeah. The statistics, one thing, and also with some personal experiences with myself and with my friends. And I know how divorce can be very painful for the partners and for, for the children. So it's, um, it's from personal experience, from friends around me that I've seen, from young couples that yeah, I was a Sunday school teacher for 11 years. And when I see that one of my students so excited to get married and then like after a few months or a year getting a divorce, you know, that's, that's by itself just broke my heart. So it's, you know, where do we start? How do we, do we get there? And that's what prompted me to think of that niche. That's amazing. And I'm curious, well, in your personal perspective and your professional perspective, what is it do you think that are, what is it? Why do you think the divorce rate is so high? Why are people, uh, you know, relationships in whether, you know, any kind of relationship, why are people not communicating effectively? What is it that Mm -hmm. is creating these problems? Were these problems always there, but now it's, you know, out in the open and people are just getting divorced, uh, divorced mm-hmm. sooner. What is it? I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm baffled. I, I want to know. So tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get baffled too, you know, when I look at people <laughs> and what is going on. So. <laughs> okay. um, but the thing is that the thing is the main thing, as you read in my chapter is again, we take it to the root. If we're taking the root of the family, we're taking to the root of the individual. What is, their thoughts without is their thought process how did they develop their thought where are they going with that thought what kind of view do they have of the world from those thoughts or from those default patterns that keeps on recycling in their minds we take it to the root of you know the the how they were brought up what kind of we say two people getting married, they are actually two cultures getting married. It's not just one culture from one, you know, or one person from one country and the other person in another country and these are two cultures. No, these are two individuals brought up in different ways, different households. And if there are no common grounds, if there are certain things that is clear to both of them, then we will start getting into bumps in the road. Um, as you read in the chapter, you know, one of the things that I start with is even from being a baby and how the life of the baby is shaped by the thoughts and the communication style of the parents that they are brought up with. That mm-hmm. shapes part of their world, part of their thinking, and so on. So I don't know if that answers your question or am I going? <laughs> no, I keep it, on it, going because I'm very passionate about this, this matter. Yes. And that is... And, and that is one of the things that made me um, go through this as well is when I try to work, when, well, not when I try, but when I actually work with a couple and I see where the issues are, where their communication falls apart, it's a matter of, okay, let us discuss this. Let us try to figure out what is happening here. So when you follow their thought process through certain assessments that I give them, questions that we we work together and so on, um, you find that 
communication skills lack in certain things that when they don't understand what is driving the other person, what's motivating the other, why did that person say this thing? I don't understand. You know, that that's, doesn't make sense to me. And the other person would say, oh, this is the way it is, or this is the way I am. And that's, so communication is huge here. So when you take it to a level of where is that coming from? What are the roots of those issues that why is he saying this word or why is he acting in this way? What is he looking for or what is she looking for? What need they are trying to fulfill here? Mm-hmm. It's huge. It's huge with if a person is acting in a certain way to fulfill a need of significance, for example, and the other person doesn't understand, they think that they are just uh, snobbish or they are just acting in a way that does not seem humble or something for them. It's it's huge communication breakdown. Definitely. And would you and say... I want... Go ahead, Rich. Uh, yeah, sorry, Lawrence. Let me just say this one thing because I think it was very important. And then I know that Lawrence has some some good questions for you. I, I really love the fact that you, Amina, that you said a moment ago in the beginning of that statement, you said that it's two cultures coming together. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's two people from two different countries. It's two different people from two different environments, family, social uh, environments where Mm -hmm. they were just brought up in two different ways. And I love the fact that you said that because it's 100% correct. And I'm sorry, I just wanted to say that real quick. And Lawrence, go for it. Well, Amina, I was, um, because you've had all of this experience and you've been able to look at things from a cultural perspective, and even as Rich just pointed out, even people from the from what they would consider to be the same culture have an internal cultural bias uh, based on the fact that we're all individual human beings. We have our own thought processes. The way we relate with ourselves is always different. So I want to make you <laughs> give us a generalization, a blanket statement in, in communication or outside of communication. What have you seen mm-hmm. are the top three things that cause this um, interpersonal, either communication or, not, or outside of communication, uh, trouble spots mm-hmm. or spots that cause people to go down the wrong path? Well, uh, Lawrence, I love that you asked this question because it's amazing how it makes a big difference. When I'm working with a couple, I take each one individually and I work with them, you know, um, first both of them together and then individually by themselves and then both of them together again. Because each individual, as you said, we have every, every one of us have a different thought process, a way we view the world with. The one major, or the, okay, the three major things that you asked for, first one would be the values. If our values are different, if there is a huge disconnect between the values I'm living my life according to and the values of my partner living his life according to, there will be a disconnect. If I, for example, value so much achievement and ambitious ambition, and my partner or my, my, my husband or my husband-to-be is only focused on, no, I just want to get the paycheck, just to want to, um, just want to um, sit and watch TV after work. This is their way of viewing things, but our values are not the same. So that would be a cause of frustration and misunderstandings in communication. Okay, the other one, the next one would be, uh, again, our view of the world and what's our goals in the world. Okay, if our goals are different, if my ideal image of my life entering this marriage to be in a certain way and the other person's ideal image is in a different way, then how can we bring them together? How can we get this ideal image um, correspond to one another or how can we make them understand that, okay, this is your ideal image, that's your ideal image, there is a disconnect. Would that work out or not? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, again, it's a way of um, 
understanding the, the person's view of life and where do you want to go with it. The third one, mm-hmm. again, again, it's, it's um, what is driving them, what's motivating them. The, the example I mentioned a few minutes ago, if, for example, my drive or I'm doing certain things or I'm acting in a certain way because I love growth, I want to learn, I want to travel, I want to learn new things every day and so on, and then my partner's, you know, drive is something different, maybe certainty, maybe certainty that they want to um, make sure that everything is planned in order and they want to make sure that the bills are paid on time and there is no extra, for example, for traveling or anything of that sort. Then again, how can we make that work and they understand each other and they can make it um, um, you know, um, available for both of them to understand what drives each one of them and make sure that that's not a cause of a problem. And the point is, certain things, why did I choose engaged couples? Because at this stage, you know, like, of course, love is there. The foundation is there. And love actually is one of the basic things that can drive a person to uh, to change certain things in themselves to be able to live the rest of their lives with the one that they love. So what, um, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought here. <laughs> one second. Um, oh, that's quite right. Yeah. So um, when we understand the drives, if you can reiterate what I just said. <laughs> well, and you were talking about foundations. The foundation of love is there. The person is able and willing to change this thing. And then when they are engaged and they are still at the very beginning of their life, they want to see what kind of red flags come up. And during the wedding preparation, that is the best time to see those red flags. Okay, the way they handle money, the way they plan, the way they schedule things, the way what is most important to that, you know, to each one of them. And if they're not aware of that, those red flags, then the relationship will start to break apart after that and there will be conflict. I had people that come to me for coaching one year after marriage, six years after marriage. I have um, a couple that's in England that I used to Skype with that's 15 years after marriage. But the love is there. They want it to work. And it's not counseling. You know, I'm not doing the counseling part. I'm doing the coaching part. Right. Well, you know, and people, I think uh, what they don't realize is that, you know, we change in life as, you know, as the Mm -hmm. sea ebbs and ebbs and and flows. So do we, there's, there are troughs, there are hills, um, there are peaks, there are valleys, and we become different people as we experience things. And, you know, I hear people say, well, you know what, we're, we're going to grow apart. And it seems like that's, their only indication that there's change is if they grow apart rather than how can we grow in a way that our foundation can have us grow together yet still be that new changing fluid person. Is, is this what you're talking about when you say you, you talk to them, you know, pre-marriage and 10 years and 15 years? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. My programs usually are developed in a way that, okay, there is the engagement part. There is after the marriage one year after the marriage, when there are children, this is a huge milestone for couples. When there are children, that they started to develop the family, to, you know, to bring, to raise a family, and whose responsibilities is what, and how can they be a couple working together to build that child as a decent human being? It's it takes a lot of effort and time. And then after that, okay, five years of marriage, 10 years of marriage. So I build my program taking into consideration the different levels of change that can happen within a lifetime. And again, this is something, uh, one of the, um, the points that I usually make is that there's an educational part as well. They have to know um, this fact that change can happen and how can we handle it from now and how can we notice the changes that are happening if the foundation is there the love is there it is strong and we want to stay together how can we notice those changes and how can we work it out how can we make it work for both of us 
if the change, because both people change. It's not just the one person or not the other. Both of them change as we gain wisdom, getting older, um, getting different experiences at work, or even if, if somebody's staying home, the experiences that we go through, they are in two different worlds. And how can we get those experiences together and be clear? And, and that's why I stress the fact so much of um, exchanging our thoughts. When a couple are working together to understand each other better and to live the rest of their lives together, they have to be very clear and transparent about their thoughts. What am I thinking about? What he's thinking about? What, are you, what, are, what is going on in my mind? Sometimes I know that men don't like to speak so much, you know, and some, some men, they like to speak. So I would encourage the men to really speak more about what is really going on inside them so that the woman would understand and for the men also to understand if a woman is, you know, wants to just talk and talk and talk and wants to talk about certain things, okay, you know, listening is one of the major skills for effective communication skills. Listening is huge. And I teach them the different levels of listening because we don't always listen just by our ears. We sometimes, we have to listen by our hearts and mind at the same time. We have to pick up what's between the lines, what's underlying those words. And I also teach them about words have energy. What kind of words are you using in your communication that can affect the other person? that can either energize them or it can drain them. Oh, exactly. Um, and I think and that, what, uh, that even comes from intention, doesn't it? Absolutely. Before intention you even and speak the words. Yes, intention. And if you're under stress or not, when they understand when my partner goes under stress, this is where they go. I do an assessment and it's called the Energy Leadership Index Assessment that was produced by, you know, like Dr. Bruce Schneider. It's excellent. It, it analyzes the thought process of the individual. And at the same time, it shows where does their energy resonate in regular days and where does it go under stress? If under stress they go, they go into a victim mode, then for sure, you know, oh, why is this happening to me all the time? What is going on? What's, you know, what's the matter with me? Something is wrong with me. Or they can go into victim, uh, sorry, a conflict mode. Like, for example, oh, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to take it to the next step and just keep on arguing and, and trying to protect myself and so on. So it's, um, um, you know, it's, there are seven levels that we, we talk about in that assessment. And once they understand, uh, it's amazing. It's really an amazing process that they go through and the awareness that they get about each other. Again, the intention is very important. What is the intent behind those words? But again, what emotional state they're in that's mm -hmm. causing them to say those words? Because some, sometimes people, they say words and it's just blurted out and they don't mean it really. The intention is not bad, but they're just angry and they're just blurting out so if, if, or venting out. And if the partner knows that this is their default pattern or this is their way of dealing with anger by just saying things like that, then that person would try to work with them. And that's something we work with, that if, if that happens, how can you work with that person? And at the same time, how the person that is angry, how can you control your anger and control your words and so on? So we get into a little bit of not necessarily conflict resolution issues or anger management and so on, but it's, it, it encompasses a lot of teaching and learning as well. And um, I love the Dale Carnegie principles when, when they are applied in the relationship. It's huge. It makes a huge mm -hmm. difference. Well, in this sense, and, um, and I'll go out on a limb here and say, when, uh, when you have the, the male of the relationship uh, <laughs> reacting to these things, how do you teach them to realize that it's their ego? And what kind of, <laughs> what kind of tips do you give them to, to either help help them understand that, hey, this is just an, e an ego reaction of mine, and how can I set it down for a moment, or how can I, you know, how can I 
make it more transparent so that it doesn't become me having an ego battle with myself over what I've heard rather than that mm-hmm. truly listening part of the communication. So to help Rich and I out, well, ego is huge. And to tell you the truth, it's not just male ego. We keep on saying male ego <laughs> and so on, but women have uh, ego, but in a different way. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. when, when it pops up, when it pops up that it's my ego that's being challenged here. Okay, how do we handle this? One of the things that we sometimes joke about it, okay, take it as a joke. Okay, that's your ego coming up. Okay, so let's hear it, you know, something like that. And if it is something, and then we can use a word, for example, that, okay, when the ego pops up, I say a word, a certain word that they choose, the couple choose, that makes the other person realize that, oh, it's my ego popping up here. No, let me cool it or let me just work in a different way. Okay. So there are certain techniques. Yeah. There's certain techniques that's used, you know, like either joking or using words to make the other person realize what is going on. Or even just from the very beginning, when we do the assessments and when we do the, um, um, the needs test and ideal images and so on, a lot of that appears. A lot of those characteristics and attitudes and, um, you know, whatever, whatever um, um, is in the personality itself, characteristics and so on, it appears during that time and that gives a broader understanding of the other person. It makes the other person more clear and transparent to the one that they are working with. Okay, so it's it's really a process that, um, and it's a learning uh, process that the couple goes through. Mm-hmm. Okay, was I have that helpful, another... Lawrence, <laughs> for the ego part. <laughs> oh, that was that was awesome. That was wonderful. Um, I do Great. want your thoughts on something. Uh, one of my very favorite authors uh, shares your name, um, mm-hmm. Khalil Gibran. And Mm -hmm. I want you to speak on what he spoke of in the prophet when he was speaking of marriage. And he said, stand together, yet not too near together, for the pillar of the temple stands apart, and the oak Mm. tree and the cypress do not grow in each other's shadow. Could you speak to that? Oh, that is beautiful. I love the prophet, and I love also the chapter about the children. Um, yes, oh, he is. Uh, <laughs> yes, I. The, the thing is that we are individuals. We are people that every single one of us have have a different fingerprint. We cannot be the same. Even when when we're working together, we have to respect each other's differences. Yes, two two trees, different kinds, they cannot mix together. They cannot become one tree unless it's genetically engineered or something, you know. But, but other than that, you know, like, no, we have to, you know, like you respect the person that you got to know, that you got to love, that you don't try to make them the same as you are. You don't try to change another person. The other person, as long as the foundation is there, the love is there, then they are willing to do things for each other, to change things if, if somebody is not... Um, happy with a certain attitude of the other person, we try to figure out, okay, where is that attitude coming from? Why is it there? What's the reason for it coming out in certain events and what triggers it to come out? So we, we discuss that and awareness is huge. And for the other person to accept who they are and what they're trying to do and the effort that they're trying to, to make to change certain things, that is huge. But again, I love what you said about marriage. It is, it's two pillars. You know, like it's not, you can never make it one. Mm-hmm. Excellent. They support well, each other. The pillars, the, pillars, the pillars support each other. It's not a matter of bringing them to become one pillar. No, it's you're supporting each other. You're behind each other's backs. You know, you're, um, I don't know, it's, it's a matter of strength, strengthening each other's even with your differences and not just trying to make each other one, so. Very nice. I hope that's helpful. (laughs) (laughs) 100%. (laughs) 
And I know Thank Rich you. is probably chomping at the bit. So uh, are you still with us, Rich? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And <laughs> I mean, I love what you said. Yes. And I think it, what you just said kind of highlights or it, it plays a part in that example you gave in your chapter where you were at some kind of a convention or you were somewhere standing in front of your table and a woman walked up to you and said, I don't need coaching because he does everything I tell but my husband or boyfriend, whatever it was, does everything Mm -hmm. I tell him. And I think Mm -hmm. that that person certainly should have uh, picked up your book and enrolled in some coaching. But Uh. I'm curious because Mm -hmm. in your chapter, and I've I've been interested to know this answer if you've got it for a long time now. In your chapter, you mentioned some statistics, and you said that this is from a 2013 demographic yearbook, and it showed Mm -hmm. a few of the – you listed a few of the countries with percentages of divorce over 50%. You said, or you stated that United States is at 53%, France is at 55 mm-hmm. Cuba is at 56 the Czech Republic mm-hmm. is at 66 and Belgium is at a whopping 71%. Now, I'm just curious yeah. from your perspective, either personal or professional or both, because I'm sure you've got some insight into this. I mean... 50% is high. I mean, 66, 71%, like, what is it that people, and I'm not even pinpoint or finger pointing saying this country is worse than this country. I'm saying people in general, the, you know, the, the species from this planet, what is it that, how are people getting divorced 50% of the time in America? 71% of the time in Belgium, like what is going on in these countries? And I'm putting uni- United States in with that lump sum of these countries. Like are people just, are they rushing into things? Are they settling for what they think they want? And then they're just quick to just end it all. Like, are they not willing to, are people not willing to work it through and really develop a relationship I, I mean, I, help me out here. What, what's going on? <laughs> well, you are right at many levels. One of the major things, again, they're not willing to do the work because okay. to build a relationship, it takes work. It takes hard work. And not that whenever a problem pops up, then that's it. I'm leaving. No, it takes a lot of effort to work out certain issues that come up. The main thing that happened, and I've noticed that in many of the readings that I've done is that the start of the relationship, again, sometimes it's for the wrong reason. Either it is a physical attraction or it is a, um, some sort of financial attraction or whatever the reason, it, it is not the pure 100%, you know, like platonic love that was a long time ago. <laughs> you can see the differences in um, materialism that exploded in the, in the last you know, few decades. You can see that people are hungry for certain you know, financial status or for certain material things that if it is not fulfilled, then, oh, I'm, this is not fulfilling me, this is not working out for me, then I'm out of here. You see, mm-hmm. so there are so many different reasons and you can monitor the past like thir- three decades or so. You can monitor this shift upwards in divorce because people are not willing to meet certain um, needs for each other. They are not um, entering the relationship on the um, healthy ground from the very beginning. Um, mm-hmm. It depends also on what kind of, of matters that are coming up within the marriage, even if they would say, okay, they are married because they loved each other so well, so much and they cannot live apart from each other. And then certain things started to happen and break apart. Mm-hmm. So what is happening here? We have to see at the individual problems 
and how willing they are to work at the relationship and how much effort they are willing to exert to make it work. At the same time, if, if a person is controlling, for example, if there is one person that is controlling, then we have to understand why do they insist on controlling and makes the other person feel like a victim all the time. And the victim becomes so, you know, she, she gave up or he gave up uh, in his marriage because he doesn't want to feel that lousy anymore. Hmm. Okay. So it, it's, there's so many different, aspects of of why the divorce is going up so high but the main points are the one point that you mentioned not trying to work hard for the relationship the second thing material issues that come up that that the standards of living that they want or they would love to see themselves living by um, and that that doesn't work out then the marriage falls apart which was not the case many 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 years ago that you see that parents were willing to work, willing to do the effort, willing to give up material things, you know, for the effort of um, making that marriage work and lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, now, oh, God. No, go ahead. Go ahead, please. So to illustrate a point, I'm going to bring in an outside reference, and then mm-hmm. uh, we'll shift it over into your realm, and you let me know if I'm on the ball or not on the ball. So my, my, my statement is I've got a lot of friends that are tattoo artists. Okay. Uh, okay. But, and, and I know that a lot of them will not tattoo somebody if in that first consult, this, the person asks about cover-ups or removal, because that shows that they're not 100% committed into what it is that they want. And my question is, is that something that you're noticing too, that people are going into marriage not fully committed to what it entails in that in the back of their mind, they're thinking, well, if it doesn't work, I'll just get a, I'll just get a divorce. You know, it's something that they're like, they want it today, but if it requires work or if it, if it involves something out of the ordinary that they're willing to just drop it like a bad habit and move on to the next love interest. Is, does that make sense? Are you, are you seeing something it like makes, that? Yes, 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 Rich. It, it makes a lot of sense. And I love the example that you said that you mentioned about the tattoo artist. And there are indications and there are red flags whether the person is fully committed to that relationship or not. You know, mm-hmm. there are certain red flags for that um, thinking about removing the tattoo or, you know, how can they remove it or something. Yeah, these are signs, definite signs. At the same time, what you mentioned is that, yes, they, they are not into it completely with their hearts. And if they are, it, they find it easy to get out of a marriage. Um, mm-hmm. Nowadays, it is easy to just, you know, like want to get married, uh, want to get married. Yeah, it's easy. You can do it anywhere and any place and so on. And then it's easy again to get divorced and just leave and do whatever you want to do. So the, the, um, the easier it's becoming, it's not a matter of because it's easy, then we take advantage of it. No, it's easy because there are situations where it requires a divorce. There are situations of abuse, for example, or other matters that there is danger and there is hurt and there is a certain, you know, things that really um, destroys a human being, then in that case, yes, divorce is warranted and it has to become, it has to come quickly. But to take advantage of it, that it, I, I think it's more of being a spoiled mentality, you know, oh, if it doesn't work, I'm out, you know, that's, that's easy instead of putting the effort and putting the the work. And we see that a lot of, um, I hate to say this, but the entitlement that that the new generation sometimes feel they are entitled to a lot of things, okay? And when that entitlement encompasses, again, marriage and divorce, we have a huge problem here. So entitlement, you know, I must have this, I must have that. Yes, I deserve this, I deserve that. And at the same time, they're not doing the effort to really deserve it or to really work for it. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, 
Did I push I a button that. there or something? <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, no. I, I, yeah. You're yeah. just speaking the no, truth, I, I that's all. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean pushing a, a, a personal button. I meant, you know, like something that, that you have noticed as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ab- absolutely. And I know that Lawrence and I, in our work, even though we don't deal with marriage, you know, that's your niche, um, we do talk about relationships and there's relationships in all of life, whether it's work relationships, family relationships, love relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what life is, the series of relationships. Absolutely. And I mean, anything, everything that I feel that everything you're saying can be shifted over into different uh, life experiences, whether it's Absolutely. a, you know, a marriage to your business, a marriage in your job mm-hmm. or with particular social circles. You know, if you're not willing to mm-hmm. put in the work, if you're not willing to be committed to what it is that you set out to do and you're not willing to build that solid foundation and have a, a thriving relationship, then like you said, your heart wasn't in it or, you know, you had some kind of internal resistance or, you know, it was the flavor of the month and you're perfectly content with bowing out once mm-hmm. the, the times get tough, you know? And so yeah. I, I think what you, so push all, push all the buttons you want because we're, we're perfectly <laughs> happy with pushing buttons on this, sure. on this radio program. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that is why I call my business, you know, um, it's, Odir is the American way of saying it, but it's a Latin word for audere. Audere comes from venture with honesty and trustworthiness and courage. Mm-hmm. And I call it interpersonal and intrapersonal intelligence because your intrapersonal intelligence, where your inner dialogue, what's happening inside of you, is affecting your outer dialogue, which is the interpersonal intelligence. So how your inner dialogue is affecting your outer dialogue, it's huge in any kind of relationship, whether it's you know, marriage, work, or all the examples that you mentioned, Rich. Absolutely right. And this is the one thing that even in the coaching for engaged couples, you will be surprised how few come to this, you know, to this coaching service. Not a lot of people come to it. And that is why, you know, like I'm still working with it. I'm still advertising. I'm still, you know, doing this. But at the same time, I decided to, okay, let me work with individuals as well so that they can carry it over into their engagement, their marriage, and so on. Mm -hmm. So now I'm working also, I'm incorporating also young professionals, young people that are into relationships no matter you know as you said anything but they work on their inner dialogue first and they see understand and have the self-realization about their issues their attitudes how they view the world how they appear in the world what kind of energy they are exerting to uh, so that people would look at them and see what you know where they are or what they are doing or what kind of person they are and then how is that affecting their relationships with other people? And with this self-realization, it, it causes a huge shift in the individual, a huge shift. Because once that person realized that, oh, I have this attitude, I have this, um, this default pattern that is not serving me so well, so how, what can I do to change it? How can I do to shift it? And once they realize that, oh, I'm now in a conflict mode that I'm ready to fight, how can I shift myself and try to work it out without getting into that fight and take responsibility for my own feelings and my own emotions and be really concerned about the other person, give them appreciation and gratitude. And we go through a whole bunch of exercises on how to shift this attitude or this pattern that is not serving them well. So you are absolutely right. It it does apply in so many different levels and relationships. Well, and I notice that you know we have different lines of intelligence. You know, it's not just cognitive. It's like you spoke. It's interpersonal. It's emotional, or that interpersonal. It's somatic. It's moral. There's spiritual lines of development. Uh, even mm-hmm. things like willpower is a line of uh, intelligence. 
So yes. when you can find the foundation that you can raise, it necessarily will push it across all these different lines of intelligence. So by working with these yes. individuals and helping them build and grow uh, vertically their development, their foundational development of what's important and how to communicate and how to perceive and how to uh, get their values or goals and their intrinsic motivations in line, it will push outward to those other lines of intelligence. And Mm -hmm. so it doesn't just have to be that intra or intrapersonal uh, intelligence development, but everything else, their moral, their spiritual, their cognitive development can all be greatly affected. Absolutely. I agree 100% with you because you can take, you know, you can take the, the whole person, you encompass the whole thing and you see what is influencing them. And when you, as in my chapter, the baby, when the first baby, the baby is born and put in the arms of his mom or his dad or just put in a chair, everything that happens from that moment, it, it affects the way they perceive life, they, their cognitive abilities, their all kinds of different issues are, are affected. Especially that when you look at the influencers, one of the things that also we talk about is what is influencing them, for example, to have this kind of cognitive intelligence. Okay, mm-hmm. what, is, what is affecting their spiritual intelligence? What is influencing their mental, you know, um, their mental abilities? How focused are they? So many different things is incorporated. The human being is a, is, is, is a marvelous machine, <laughs> is a marvelous being, you know, not a machine, no, but it's a, a being that um, it's just, it's just amazing how many things can affect us and influence us and how can we, you know, be in the world and interact and be spiritual and be intelligent and be emotional and, you know, all analytical and all kinds of different things. It's just amazing. Well, you know, I think that you're <laughs> right, though, when you say machine, because I think what happens is this, people just let themselves become that machine. And being a machine means you don't self-reflect. You don't go within. You don't challenge what your values are. You don't challenge what your goals are and if they're important. And if you don't do that, you do become a machine. And I think we Absolutely. see that more and more mm-hmm. with those influences on us. And yes. we become yes. more machine-like and just we're just reiterating and regurgitating and vomiting all their stuff back in our own lives. And in order to be a human being, I think you have to reflect. Mm -hmm. So I think you're right. I think that there's too many machines. (laughs) Yes, and the machines are just trying to get the fuel in to survive. You know, that's, again, if they're not Mm -hmm. holding the mirror to their own self to, to figure out who they really are, what is going on, you are absolutely right. Yes, they are human machines. They're just machines. Absolutely. Excellent. Rich? I thought, I thought that was beautifully said, so thank you. And I'm curious if, well, what can we expect coming from you, Amina, in the near future? I know you've got, is your book out yet? Is, uh, do I have the current information no. still on its way? <laughs> Yeah, it is still, it's a work in progress, and it's just okay. taking a little bit longer because I'm just working on another program that I'm, I'm developing right now, and that's going to be out probably about next year, early next year. Uh, I've put a deadline to finish it by, you know, February of 2617. So, okay. um, so that is why it's taking a long time. But anyway... Um, for me, I, I have just local programs and so on that goes on. But at the same time, I'm available for the coaching one-on-one. I do the Skype. I do all kinds of different um, venues of communication. <laughs> um, I, I communicate with people all over the world, and I do give lectures when I, when I travel overseas and so on. Um, but there isn't a specific program that I would tell you there is a date for it. But if anyone has any problem or any um, question or they would like to contact me for any way in any, or anything, um, they're, with, they're more than welcome to email me or call me on the phone number. I think you have the, the stuff on, on the page, Rich, or not? Yes, and we have your... My contact I information? 
Yes, I didn't put your phone number on there only because I wasn't sure if that was a personal number, but I do have your contact. No, that's as my business. Your business number. Go okay. Ahead. Yes. And yes. I have yeah, for your con- your contact is that we have that listed as your website. So anyone who wants to contact Amina, feel free to go to uh, her website right now at www.aminahadiet.com. And that's A-M-I-N-A-H-E-D-A-Y-A-T. Uh, or just go to the, go to the blog talk uh, show listing, go to the show notes and just click the link. It's right there. Easy peasy. And you'll be able to contact Amina for programming, uh, speaking, and certainly to get, get the book, get the change book seven and read her chapter, how your thought patterns influence your marriage and how to prevent divorce before problems appear. Because I think, I mean, I would, I would go out on a limb to say that this is something that everybody should read because I mean, even while your niche is relationships in uh, engagement and marriage, this is information that everyone needs to know because relationships are all over. Like we said before, there's work relationships, there's social relationships, And this is something that everyone needs to know. That way, these statistics wouldn't be as high as they are, you know. And I I think the work that you're doing is is wonderful. I think we need more people like you preaching the good word to build positive relationships in life and especially positive relationships in love. You know, if you're newly engaged, if you're newly married – this is something you need to know because like you said, uh, don't bring those two pillars to become one. They're two supporting pillars that will then hold up the roof. And that's where relationships need to be. It's not, you know, the person that you referenced in your chapter when the lady said he does everything that I tell him. And I'm sure there's tons of guys out there that say the same thing. She does everything I tell her. That's not, the way it should be that's not a healthy relationship and i would encourage everyone out there listening whether you've been whether you're newly engaged or you've been married for 15 20 years if you've got some problems going on if you're looking for some coaching in your relationship and your marriage then amina is someone that you need to contact asap because like you said before you you've worked with newly engaged people and people that have been married for a while so that's right. The one thing that I would love to see, Rich, to, to happen is that I would love to see this as a movement, not just me giving that kind of coaching. I would love to see other people coming on board and, and making this huge movement about healthy relationships. As you read mm-hmm. in the chapter, there was the health, health movement, you know, by exercising, eating right, doing all kinds of things to stay healthy. Why can't we do the same thing for relationships? Yep. This is, this is the, the, you know, the thing that I'm very passionate about. I would love to see it as a movement. Everyone is working to make sure that we have healthy relationships all over. That would be marvelous. Awesome. I love it. And, Amina, I want to thank you personally for agreeing to be a guest on the show. I know you and I have We've gone back and forth on social media for such a long time, liking and commenting on each yes. other's pages. It's final or mm-hmm. on each other's posts. And it's, it's a breath of fresh air to finally hear your voice and to connect with you personally. So I would like to thank you oh. for being oh, on the thank show Thank you, today. Rich. Oh, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. And it's my pleasure to talk with you and talk to Laura with Lawrence. And it's really a wonderful experience that I'm having here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And for all our listeners, thank you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So once again, we've been speaking with Amina Hadayat Khalil, and her chapter is How Your Thought Patterns Influence Your Marriage and How to Prevent Divorce Before Problems Appear. And you can find that in Change 
book seven. And if you're interested in speaking with her directly, like I said, go to the show listing, go to the, uh, go to the change book radio show listing on blog talk radio, go to the show notes and you can click on the website right there and connect with Amina personally. Lawrence, do you have can anything else? Can I mention else? something? I'm sorry. Can yeah. I mention something also? If they, they want to email me directly, they can email for amina at aminahedayat.com. So that would be also an easier way to connect with me. Thank you. You got it. Lawrence, do you have anything else? I just thought this was wonderful. It's, and I, I like that somebody can take um, that you have a you have a passion about what you're doing, and I think that when people really find what it is that is theirs to give the world, it doesn't matter how many years they do it. It doesn't matter what's coming next. It's just that act and that passion is always growing and it's always there. And I really feel that from you. And I just appreciate your thoughts. I appreciate your chapter, and I hope that uh, people will reach out to you and uh, actually gain from that connection with you. So thank you so much for coming on our show today. Oh, thank you, Lawrence. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, both of you. Awesome. And, and also just to go on, um, if there's anything that we can do, Amina, to support your work, uh, upcoming programs, upcoming book, or anything in particular, uh, even, you know, Whatever you've got going on, conferences, seminars, trainings, just let us know. You know that Lawrence and I are here for you, and we love the work that you're doing because ultimately it's all about creating healthy relationships, and especially in, you know, marriage. When you're coming together, doing it for the sake of the relationship, and if there's children involved, so... Keep us in mind. Let us know how we can continue to support you, and we'd be glad to do it. So once again, Amina, thank, thank you so you much. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for the offer. I really appreciate it. So you will be hearing from me soon, very soon. I, I hope so. We're, we're <laughs> eager you. to hear from you again. Um, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a quick 30-second break, and we'll be back with the show wrap-up. So Amina, thank you once again for being here. We're going to take a quick 30-second break. We'll be back soon. Thank you. This is Angie Taylor from AttractingWellness.com. Are you wanting to make changes in your life and you don't know where to begin? Start by listening to the Change Book Series radio show where you'll hear from each of the amazing co-authors as they share inspiring tips that guide you to live a better life today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And we were just talking to Amina Hadayat Khalil, and she was in book seven of the Change book series. Lawrence, how are you feeling about today's interview, my friend? I thought it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. I knew I was going to have a good time, and I certainly did. Um, very fortunate to have not only the perspective that we were given today, but um, also wonderful ways to hold the mirror up to ourselves and see what it is in us that is affecting our relationships rather than always uh, looking from without and seeing how someone else is affecting our relationship with them. So I thought it was a great um, interview on perspective as well. Certainly. And, and Lawrence, wouldn't you say that, I mean, we've, we've basically agreed. So let's just continue to say it again, just to hammer it in that this is something that everybody needs to know. I mean, I got just as much out of it being a a single guy, you know, because it's relationships. It's building solid, healthy relationships with people. And, you know, whether it's now, you being single rich is a whole nother issue though. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true today, Lauren. Something that that's we don't want to put it something we don't want to put out there in the radio that's, way. <laughs> that that's true today, Lawrence. But, but I know I know that it's coming from a place of love, so I'll, I'll 
pretend like I didn't hear it. I'll pretend like I wasn't listening to what you said. So, but I mean, creating, building solid, healthy relationships is something that we can all benefit from in, in all walks of life, whether it's work-related, social environments, whether it's in your family. And like Amina said, I mean, listening is an effect. It's, it's a, it's a vital part of the communication process. It's not communication. Isn't just one sided. It's not just, I'm going to talk and they're going to hear what I say and do what I say. It's, it's listening. It's here. It's listening to what that person said, how it affects you and working together to build a quality relationship. And I know that Lawrence, I know you agree with me, even though you like to take cheap shots every once in a while, I, I give it to you because I'm a caring person and I, and I <laughs> care about you and your well being. So I want you to know that Lawrence. <laughs> well, thank you, Rich. And you know, I feel the caring completely. So, uh, thank you for that authenticity. <laughs> You're most welcome. And hey, listeners, if you want to connect with Amina, we didn't say it before, so I'll say it now. If you want to connect with Amina, another great place to connect with her, aside from her website, is the Change Book public Facebook group. It's an opportunity for you, the listener, to connect with some of your favorite authors from the Change Book series. You know, the Change Book series was founded by Jim Britt and Jim Lutz over a year ago. And in less than two years, we, we've brought on, we're already, we've already got 11 books on the shelves. We're working on book 12. That means over 200 leaders from around the globe have enlisted to be a part of the community, to be a part of the movement and share their words of inspiration, share their insights, share their strategies. And, you know, I mean, these are co-authors, not just from here in America, but we're talking over 20 different countries around the world, which is, is very impressive. And if you want the opportunity to connect with Amina, Jim Britt, Jim Lutz, myself, any of the past co-authors, and Lawrence, feel free to <laughs> go up to the Facebook toolbar, and all you have to do is type in the change book. It's a public Facebook group. It's absolutely free to join. Just go to the group, click join, and you'll be approved. And it's like I said, it's a great way to connect. It's a great way just to ask your questions. And, and hey, find out who's doing what training, who's got books on the way, who's got programs coming out. I mean, we're talking about leaders from around the globe involved in personal development, self-empowerment, life transformation, and it's all right there at your fingertips. So while Facebook is great for cat videos and nonsense, this is a great opportunity to connect with leaders from around the globe. And we, and we invite you to join. Lawrence, do you have anything else? Uh, just what I uh, say every week, Pinky. Um, I want you guys to go to iTunes. I want you to type into the search box the Change Book Radio Show and give us a rating and a review. And if you guys don't do this, I'm going to actually hunt you down. Go to your house. Go to your computer. Pull it up myself. Have you write a rating and a review, and then I will leave you alone. But uh, until you do this for us, we will be hounding you. Uh, this is a good way for us to um, continue our presence and to create and help sustain this movement that uh, the gyms have created for us. And so let's not let them down. Let's um, keep this rolling, keep it moving. And one way to do that is to um, make sure that people hear about us. So please, 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 please. Uh, give us a rating, give us a review, uh, iTunes, Changebook Radio Show. That's what I got for you, Rich. Excellent. And also a last reminder, if you want to connect with Lawrence and you want to connect with me personally and get some free trainings for yourself, your business, some of your colleagues, your team, go to our website, Vortex 
mastermind.com. And up at the top toolbar, you're going to see a link that says free training. And you'll be able to download those free trainings. A couple weeks ago, we did a series of live training calls for our Bank Rolling Your Mind book and program that the book will be out pretty soon and programs on its way as well. And uh, we did some free training calls. It was kind of invite only, but then at the last moment, we opened it up to some public people that we know and um, we recorded them. And this is a great opportunity for you to check them out. If you missed them, download them. They're absolutely free. Play them at your, you know, your team meetings. If you've got sales meetings, great opportunity to play them and use it as an outside training for you and your team. And you can log on and get those absolutely free at vortexmastermind.com. I don't have anything else. So I want to thank you all for listening on this wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. We had a great guest today, Amina Hadayat Khalil. And uh, on behalf of Lawrence Pipkin, myself, Jim Britt, Jim Lutz, all the co-authors from around the globe here at the Change Book Series and the Change Book Community, want to thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Thanks and be excellent.